You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. Thanks so much for joining us again. My name is Todd Lesher. I'm your host. And today we're here with one of my best friends on the planet, in the universe. Robbie Fisher is back. Been on the podcast a couple times. Robbie is on staff. And so I'm going to let Robbie tell you a little bit about who he is, what he does. If you haven't listened to those episodes before, hit pause and go back and check those out and catch up. But here's Robbie. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, that's great. I love, I'm a fan of this podcast, oh, by well, the way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So the, uh, um, I think where I would start is my, this is my 30th year at Forest Hill. Yes. Happy anniversary. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and it started with uh, being a youth pastor. So really, you, you know, the, what your heart is for families mm-hmm. and for students is is mine is too, as yeah. well. And so like I was here for about 20 years in that capacity working with you, and mm-hmm. we had a great time. And now I'm a care pastor in the, the Ballantyne campus, yeah. which is a great thing because most of the time I spend with people, either in crisis or in celebration or mentoring, I get to be a, a part of their lives right. in all kinds of different areas. I do a lot of weddings, a lot of funerals, and, um, you know, so I love being where I am now. Yeah. Well, you're one of the best. Thank you. That is for sure. Thank you, and you've rubbed off on a lot of us. Hmm. That is definitely true. So today we're going to lean into your years of experience and your wealth of knowledge. We're going to mine for some, <laughs> some gold, some jewels here when it comes to the topic of helping parents encourage and help their kids uh, learn to read, study, and apply the Bible to their lives. So if we think about it, one of, one of the things when I think about this topic immediately that comes to mind is for a period of time when I was teaching or preaching and I would encourage people to read the Bible, I would always say this phrase that sometimes the Bible feels like the heaviest book mm. and it's really hard to pick up. And so you're immediately intimidated. Mm-hmm. Why would I start with such a heavy book? I can't even pick that up. I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to read. And so for some reason, that's the illustration I have. So how can we kind of lighten the view mm-hmm. for parents? And then if they are the primary influence in their son or daughter's life, mm-hmm. they're they're going to have to learn how to navigate yeah. the Bible a little bit. Yeah. And their kids are going to come to them. Mm-hmm. You know, the pastor on call, right, is yeah. not always for Bible reading. It's more for crisis, but that's correct. So they go, I need some answers here. Help me understand kind of the basics of guiding them along so that parents can leverage their influence in their child's life. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about um, in that place. So when it, when it comes to just getting this conversation started, you've been doing student or family ministry uh, for some time now. And so when it comes to Someone who is new to Christianity Mm -hmm. or to the church Mm -hmm. or to reading the Bible in the first place. Okay. What is Bible study to begin with? And why do we even care about studying the Bible? Okay. That's a good question. So the the place that I would start is, I think at the core, what Scripture is supposed to be is revealing God's heart to us. Mm Mm-hmm revealing 
who he is and, and who he's made us to be and what we're called to do, yeah. how, we, how we should live in light of that relationship. So I was reading this book uh, by Eugene Peterson, and he was talking about that we have three different languages that we learn as children. Mm-hmm. The first is a language of intimacy. It's the very first language we learn. So that I'm, you know, gagaing to my mother, mm-hmm. and she's cooing back to me. My father is, you know, playing mumsly with with mm-hmm. me. You know, but all of this kind of thing. And what's being communicated is very beautiful, very deep, very affirming, and nurturing. Even if syntactically it doesn't make sure. any sense. Yeah. Uh, the sef- second language is description. So now you start learning. Oh, this is my nose. Mm-hmm. This is a truck and this is vinyl and this is how you play this what to make vinyl? music vinyl. be produced. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Which is an essential part of life. <laughs> and then the last one is kind of the persuasion, mm-hmm. the language of persuasion. I call out, I need, you know, yep. the, you know, that toy. And then it's mysteriously brought to me. Right. You know, all of these kind of things. And, and this guy, Eugene Peterson, said, what we do as adults, we, f- we tend to feel a lot more comfortable with the second two languages. Mm. So we spend more time describing, um, analyzing, and then persuading. Yeah. So even if, as a pastor, I can fall into the trap of thinking what people need more than anything is, is more good information. And then kind of an encouragement to get going and do something with it. Yeah. And, and what Eugene Peterson said is we've lost the language of intimacy, of relationship. Hmm. So I would propose to you that the Bible is all three of those languages, of course. And we're supposed to have all three of the languages. Yeah. But what we miss is in, in the art of prayer and, and even Bible study, as you and I are talking about it right now, the primary language begins with intimacy, mm-hmm. to hear God's heart revealed to us. Yeah. And only when I know, so for example, I was teaching recently out of Revelation 19, and in that, pa- in that passage, it talks about one day we will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that's like a picture that ultimately this relationship that we have with God is, is face-to-face. Yeah. And one, one time now, now there's a relationship, a deep relationship, but not yet do we actually physically see him. Hmm. But one day we will. Yeah. But now if you start using the language a little bit more of intimacy, you, you think, well, what does God think of me then? If I'm his bride, mm-hmm. if I'm part of the bride of Christ, that I'm pure, I don't feel pure, mm-hmm. I'm spotless, I'm loved, I'm sung over, I'm rescued, I belong, I have meaning, all of this. Yeah. And, and by the way, so I happen to uh, audience out in Radioland listening here. <laughs> Um, I actually performed the wedding for Todd and his lovely wife, yes, it was Abby. A wonderful day. Fourteen years ago, mm-hmm. thirteen years ago, coming up on fourteen. Yeah, and um, and I stood next to Todd while he saw his bride come down the aisle, mm-hmm. and Todd was overwhelmed, almost to the point of 
if I can say it, weeping tears of joy. I think it's the last time I've cried. It might have been. <laughs> it might have been. Or or the honeymoon where you guys were in a uh, yeah. in an airplane hangar instead of uh, That's right. a wonderful beach. Yeah. Anyway, the so I can testify what Todd was was giving the appearance of. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that as you read that passage and and you know what a groom feels towards a bride, mm-hmm. that's how Jesus feels about you. Yeah. He's overwhelmed with joy to see you. Yeah. Well, that's not something that we naturally get just from our day-to-day life, looking around and driving to work and experiencing the traffic. But when I come away from all of the noise for a little bit and sit with the scriptures, then over and over I can hear this, that who Jesus is, is the bridegroom. God made us intentionally to be in that relationship with him, not only as creation to creator and father to son and daughter, and also sheep to shepherd, Mm -hmm. but husband to wife. And as I read through the scriptures, even in the language looking of intimacy, I see totally different things that can change me. So if I'm talking to a new believer, I'm saying, you've got to learn the language of being loved by God, mm. yeah. and the Bible gives you that. Right. Well, I think one of our struggles as Christians in the United States is we live in a fast food culture. Mm. Uh, we can stream everything. It's on demand. It's at our fingertips. And when it comes to reading the Bible, it's not that way. Mm-hmm. And That's right. And it actually can cause greater confusion when we just take snippets of the Bible out and go, oh, yeah. oh I really like this oh, quote. Yeah. Oh, I like this scripture. And we kind of miss the arc mm-hmm. of God's love for us and the story that he's telling. So I, I love the idea that you're mentioning from Eugene Peterson that you start with intimacy, mm-hmm. that you are loved by God and everything flows out of there. Instead of going to the other side, that persuasion is I need to live a way to persuade God to love me. Oh, gosh, yes. That's not why we That's read the right. Bible. That's it's true. the flow out of this. We have a loving Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. And once we grow in that love, our life will pour over. You know, bear fruit is what the scriptures say. So I love how you're kind of re reframing this. It's not just... A, a playbook because a lot of people see it that way is like mm-hmm. get the playbook for life. <laughs> well, it's not just playbooks because a playbook doesn't tell you you're loved by the coach. That's right. Right. It tells not you what the all. coach wants you to do to keep you in his yeah, on his team to keep you starting. Exactly. Yeah. So before we get to taking this uh, from parents to kids, help us all turn the mirror a little bit on ourselves and go. Why do we need to ba- make Bible reading a a personal practice for ourselves mm-hmm. before we pass it on to our kids. Sure. So the phrase that comes to my mind is, you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. So for example, I walk past the mirror and I see, oh, I gained 12 pounds. And I feel naturally shame and guilt and all mm-hmm. of these things that my culture has helped me right. to uh, accrue. If I abide in that, and then I turn around and talk to my, my daughters and say, God loves you and God has grace for you. There's a disconnect. Yep. 
and they can feel it. They might not catch it in the words, but if I'm not experiencing grace, if I'm not experiencing God's holiness, righteousness, if I'm not abiding in who I am in Christ, then I can't pass that to them. Mm -hmm. So the scriptures say that the Bible is a light so that my path can be lit Mm -hmm. and, and I can see where to go and what decisions to make. The Bible says that these are the words of life. One of the things that um, the disciples say to Jesus, where else would we go but you? You alone have the words of life. Yeah. So this is this is this kind of idea of, of overflowing creation in us that the scriptures give. The scriptures give wisdom, and this is overflowing to us. And th- one, one more thing, the scriptures give an abundance. Hmm. Jesus says, I, ca- I came that you could have an abundant life. Our culture pushes on us to uh, believe in scarcity, mm-hmm. believe that there's not enough forgiveness for, for what I've done, that there's not enough time f- to do what, everything that I should be doing, that there's not enough seats in the auditorium, so yeah. we've got to get there early and push everybody else around. And so it kind of comes back to me of saying, before I can lead my kids well, I've got to hear these words mm-hmm. of light for my path, mm-hmm. of abundance and, and hear God's purposes for me, of, to accrue or to hear wisdom, which is really kind of like another word for path, knowing the, the path and the steps. And, and for me to be living in this kind of life so that it overflows, like you yeah. said earlier, mm-hmm. towards my kids. Right. Yeah. And God's not done with us. Correct. Yeah. So there's Correct. a, you become a parent, you have arrived. I think every parent will admit that mm-hmm. <laughs> parenting is, is one of those points when you realize that you have not arrived, that yeah. you still need to grow and change. And there's plenty of work that God will do on our lives. And he uses his word to do that. The other thing that I think of is I have to read the scriptures on a regular basis to remember what I forgot. Mm-hmm. That's just Oh my God. How our minds work yes. and what we're what we face mm-hmm. to your point is we forget who we are before God mm-hmm. because of, you know, I've put on a few pounds or I made a mistake or I yelled at my kids, but mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, man, I'm down in the dumps of shame. That's right. And you go to the scriptures to remember what is true about you, yeah. despite what you do. Yeah. So if we're abiding in shame or guilt or materialism or can do mm-hmm. spirit of mm-hmm. I can figure this out and yep. Uh, I'm building my own kingdom. If I'm abiding in all of those things, that's what I'm passing on to my kids. And I am telling them life is about competition. Life is about um, get what you can and all of these things. I don't mean to, but that's what I believe already. Mm -hmm. So only when I'm sitting in the presence of God and letting him be the mirror to me, reflecting, first of all, of how he sees me and who he is, but then a calling of, of what we're called to do and how we're supposed to treat our neighbors. Yep. All of that is changing me. I, I, I heard this one professor say, and he was talking to pastors, but he said, God delivers a pastor to a congregation and through that pastor, these messages yep. and life and hope. And I would flip it and say, God gives to these kids mm, yes. a parent. Yeah. And through that parent... Yep these messages of hope, of life, of identity. That's good. I really like that. So 
before we start to think that the Bible is just for adults, mm-hmm. right, to work out their faith, one of the scriptures that that reminds me and inspires me on a consistent basis for what we do in family ministry is one of the authors of the Gospels, you know, captured this moment in history when children were coming to Jesus, parents were bringing their children to Mm -hmm. Jesus, and the disciples were like, nope, Jesus is off limits. He is only for the grownups. That's right. And Jesus says, get out of my way. Let the children come to me, Mm. for the kingdom belongs to them too. And so help parents form the value and the importance of Bible reading for kids Mm -hmm. from the beginning of their life on earth. So help them understand that. Yeah, so I would go back to that intimacy language yep. that the, the kids need to hear that and hear it from Scripture. So I've this year I'm I'm reading a psalm a day and trying to take a portion of that psalm and write it into a prayer, mm-hmm. my words, but informed by the Scripture. And then I'm reading a portion of a gospel a day, and I'm looking at Jesus and saying, Lord. What are you calling me to live today? What does that look like mm-hmm. towards my towards my wife, towards my coworkers, towards my friends? And so I, that, I think that is a tangible way that you can help children be able to learn how to pray and to be lear- able to learn what a compassion life is is looks like. Mm-hmm. Because the, in the Gospels, you're just looking at Jesus play by play. Yep. Um, and especially the book of Mark is almost like uh, an ADD's version of right, right. the gospel because it's immediately yep. next scene, next scene, next mm-hmm. scene. And so that's probably the place where I would say if you want to read with your kids, mm-hmm. that would be a good way of also challenging you is, okay, well, let's read. I read Psalm 15 today. And, um, and by the way, when you do it this way, it really is stay with you. So the, the verse that I kind of wrote a prayer around is, Lord, who can dwell in your tent and who can abide on your holy mountain? And I just wrote a prayer based on, wow, sitting in a tent mm-hmm. with God Almighty, what would you say? Hmm. What would you gather from him? What part of his heart? What about if you slowed down enough that you didn't have to get out of this tent today, instead you... We're here present. And yet, he calls you to an adventure on his holy mountain. Mm -hmm. What adventures am I being called to today? And am I open to the adventures that he has? What what do I need for that? And I think when I write that prayer out in my own language, but it's really informed by what that psalm is saying, I'm learning the language of intimacy, which... God, by the way, is directing me. Many of these psalms, you don't even have to change any of the words. They're already a prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can just make them your prayer. Yeah. And thank you for taking us back to the emphasis around intimacy because I often drift into the lane of knowledge. Yeah. That's why we read the Bible, for That's more right. knowledge. And the, I think it was the Apostle Paul who wrote, knowledge just puffs up. Mm-hmm. Knowledge just makes you prideful. And that happens to the pastors and teachers and leaders of the church Absolutely. all the time. It's like, uh, look at me. I'm incredible. I know a lot about the Bible. And, <laughs> and Paul would say, that's not the point. You are missing the point. Mm-hmm. You, The knowledge puffs up, mm-hmm. but love builds up. 
So that intimacy is what causes us to grow. So emphasizing that the value around Bible reading is intimacy yes. with their creator God, with their heavenly father, with their savior, Jesus yes. Christ. That's right. But in this time and our culture, everything seems to combat mm-hmm. with our spiritual life. And we get pulled in every single direction. So kids are going to face some challenges. Parents are going to face some challenges as they're encouraging and helping um, their kids to make Bible reading a personal practice. So what are some of those challenges that you have faced in the past that you anticipate for families that will face now? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, we all are experiencing this. Our culture is not very much of a reading culture. It's not a slowdown culture. You get you get approved by how hurried you are, yeah. by how many things you have to do, and they're usually not of the nature of slow and reflective. Mm-hmm. And our, our video technology, we are a distracted culture. Yep. We're skimming off the top of the, the unbelievable wealth that God has you pictured it almost like a, you know, an iceberg. We're just, we're mm-hmm. just seeing a little bit of the top. So for sure, what I'm talking about is is calling us to slow down in a way that we're not taught to do that. We're not taught to slow and read in this. So what I have in my mind is Proverbs thirteen twenty says the the, the companion of fools suffers harm, but conversely the companion of the wise are experiencing life. So probably the way I would be saying it to myself and to my kids is this is the way forward of knowing God intimately, is dedicating an amount of time to slow down and listen. Mm -hmm. So the Psalms have, have been really helpful to me because I can... I can really do that in a five to 10 minute window. I could do it in a 30 minute window. Right. So it really does allow me, it's a practice, almost like the way that you shoot free throws over and over and over again. It's, that's, you know, muscle memory. Well, this is mind memory. And I think it pays incredible dividends when you have the ability to slow down and listen and be quiet for a little bit. My wife and I have also incorporated scripture memory. Mm-hmm. There's a, uh, a, a an app called Bible Typer mm-hmm. that is scripture typer yeah. that has really been helpful for us. And that could also be a way of now you've got five minutes in between your meetings, in between classes, and maybe you now are memorizing Psalm 1 together, mm-hmm. which is six verses. Yeah. And you just take some time chewing on it that way. However you you do it, it's going to fight against culture. And I think those are the things in culture that are really, really hard. So I would do it um, maybe together so that at the beginning of the day, you here's the psalm for the day. Here's a, the psalm, the verse that we're going to write the prayer about. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we come back to it at night or we try yeah. to come back to it in a couple of days. Yep. However, however, you can do it for your pace. It's always, you know, they say, how do you eat an elephant? Mm-hmm. One bite at a time. Right. With A1 sauce. With A1 yep. sauce is usually the, <laughs> the answer that they give. But, but I think be patient. Yeah. You know, we're not called to be uh, 
where Todd Lesher is today. Mm-hmm. You be patient at where God is calling you. If you're new to this, please listen to uh, the heart of Jesus for you. You know, like I said back in Revelation 19, you're called beautiful. He's singing over you. There's this great uh, little booklet called My Heart, Christ's Home mm-hmm. that has been very helpful for me. And so this is a picture I have in my mind. In that booklet, Jesus is in the library of your house. And he's sitting, and as you walk in in these comfy seats, he opens a, a book of the scriptures and he teaches you. And he, uh, it, you know, in the story, the man um, misses from time to time mm-hmm. being in that library sitting with Jesus. And he comes back in and he says, I'm so sorry that I've been missing, that I've been so busy. And Jesus says, what you miss is I like being with you. Mm. So when you wander in here and sit down with your cup of coffee, I like this. Yeah. So the, even that picture helps yeah. me slow down a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I I don't know when exactly, but as a kid, I I developed a habit. And I think in large part is because I would see my dad in his bedroom or in mm. the family room with the Bible open in his lap. And oftentimes his head was to the side and his mouth was open and he was asleep. But <laughs> <laughs> Three cheers but, for Rife. Yeah, but I knew, and I also think that one of the best ways to fall asleep is praying. So I know mm. he was in that zone. That, yeah. yeah, I could see his daily discipline. That's awesome. And I picked it up. Mm. And so that kind of goes back to what we model they'll pick up. But I wrestled with missing those days, just like you were mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. from my heart, Christ home. And that was missing the point. Mm-hmm. The point wasn't was. checking the list. It was being with right. God right. in those moments. I agree. And I, I forgot to go back to Proverbs thirteen twenty that the, the, the companion yep. of the wise becomes wise. So if you are regularly sitting with Jesus, you're becoming wise. Yeah. And that's not... It was two out of three, so I'm only this wise or that. Yeah, He's yeah. at work in you. Um, this phrase that one of my professors used to say is, you don't change every time you read Scripture, yep. but over time you change. Yeah. Just like you know, you became six foot two, mm-hmm. but what day did you pass four feet? We don't know. Right. You know, maybe Pam knows, mm-hmm. your mom, mm-hmm. but... That's just because you're just growing, you're moving on. And it's the same way with this. If you'll sit regularly with Jesus mm-hmm. in an intimate setting and watch him in the Gospels and take notes and try to apply them to your heart, he's going to change you. Yeah. Um, Romans eight twenty nine says, we are being conformed mm. to his image. Yeah. And that's his work. That's not our work. That's not because you're doing the right things. It's because when you're in the place, uh, in the presence of Jesus, he's doing the work in Mm -hmm. you. Yep. And when you talked about kind of facing some of these challenges and putting habits in place, it makes me think of a lot of the terminology we use around here is age and phase appropriate. Mm -hmm. So how do we make the Bible age and phase appropriate, habits age and phase appropriate for the kids that we're raising. Okay. So I would start with, there was this great uh, Bible that Janet and I used to read to the kids. It's called um, Read Aloud Bible Studies. Mm -hmm. And every night before we went to bed, 
we would read one of these stories. They're all focused around, you know, the creation or Jesus or um, different stories through the scriptures, but it's all kid appropriate. Mm-hmm. And the girls, we, we made up songs because our family likes music. So, you know, I, I think I have a, a, a little clip of Allie singing Peter and John and James <laughs> in the sailboat, you know, and all of these songs were just created yep. based on those stories. So that's where you start. They were being read those stories when they were one and two years old. Mm-hmm. So from the beginning, and by the way, if you don't know the stories yet, yeah, you're learning them. Yep. Because you're changing over time when you are bending down and showing your children the intimacy of Christ, you're being changed. Mm-hmm. And when you're teaching them these stories. Right. And then at some point... Uh, you know, maybe as they're entering kindergarten, first grade, second grade, now maybe you're trying to read a psalm from the scriptures, yeah. or you're trying to tell the story with the with the the words from the scripture. Mm-hmm. But always, I'm going to make sure that I'm applying it and saying, "Now you you pray. Yeah. What what do you want to pray about? Because we just said the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want." What do you want to pray about? Mm-hmm. That he's not going to leave you wanting. Yeah. That he's not going to leave you without what you need. What do you need? Yeah. And so I'm helping my children pray, but that's the same thing I'm doing up in my study right. later on. Lord, what what's my longings? Mm-hmm. What's my deepest desires right now? And how are they being fulfilled by you? Yeah. How are you wanting to change them? Right. And there's a, there's a part of it where at, when our kids are younger, we can put those disciplines into place, you know, times of the day that are m- most optimal, you know, whether it's mealtime or bedtime to mm-hmm. read this, mm-hmm. read the Bible together. But there comes that, that fine line as they grow up and they hit adolescence where they're, they may push against that. Mm-hmm. And so encouraging, modeling, those things are picked up, you know, the 10 minutes a day, mm-hmm. that matters over time. That's exactly right. Right. And I would also say, you, you don't need to um, put a round peg in a square hole, yeah. or however that works, because someone told us you got to have a family devotion. Mm-hmm. So we tried that several different ways. We tried early in the morning reading our daily bread. We tried Friday nights, and they just did not work well mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know if I felt too much pressure being a pastor to make them sure. work. Yeah. Maybe I was doing it a little bit more for people, but the bottom line is we failed at that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, yep. you keep trying to do things that are overflow of your heart and speak the language of your kids. The more that you know your kids, the more you're, you're showing them how the Father longs to know them as mm-hmm. well. Yep, absolutely. And I think an easy way to start, there's a wonderful app out there, is the Bible for Kids. Mm. And it's just, it's turned everything interactive. And so, yeah, it looks like you're playing a game, but they're reading the scriptures as you go. So you're familiarizing them with the stories. And at the same time, you should be encouraging that, hey, we trust that the Bible is true, Mm -hmm. that God loves us, that Jesus wants to be our friend forever. These things are reiterated as you go, but that's a place to start there. And hopefully it carries on because you valued it as a family, Mm -hmm. um, however old. They That's are. Right. And there's also, if you if music is your language, there's a lot of music that's very scripture-based, yep. that it's 
and you know, there's a whole bunch of different kinds of Christian music, but some that are really telling stories from the scripture. So we have some that are from, you know, 25 years ago that I was playing my kids mm-hmm. that maybe had eight verses and it went on and on. And you wouldn't think that it was that great to this day. My kids can sing every verse, yep. but that's because we kept playing it. Right. So right. even that, instead of always playing Bon Jovi or always mm-hmm. playing Katy Perry or whatever, take some time to play some of the scripture songs as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now talk about application for a sec. How, how do we help our kids apply the Bible to their lives? Mm. Well, that, again, I'm going to go back to they've got to see you applying it. Mm-hmm. So the, the first thing, you know, the, the illustration that I have is trying to do this is like the, in the airplane where they say, first put your, yep. the mask on yourself, which tends to be counterintuitive. Lots of times self-management is the hardest thing oh. to do. I, you know, I want you yep. to have a Bible study, but, but right, right, I can right, figure right. out why, I'd, why mm-hmm. I'm struggling with it. Mm-hmm. Same with my kids. I want my kids in church, but I might not value it as yep. highly. Yep. And what God calls us to do, first of all, just like I said, um, the Holy Spirit delivers a parent and then through the parent a mm-hmm. message. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say the first question is, how are you applying the scripture to your life? And probably what is being applied to you has residual towards your kids. Mm. So I'm, I'm really going to kind of say, Lord, you know, if, if God is talking to me about my loneliness, uh, how is he applying the truth to me? Yeah. And probably that I'm going to be in the ballpark of what my kids are. Mm. If I spend time with my kids and I'm hearing their heart and in spending less time, so this, this could be a, a, a real kind of grid for you. If I'm spending more time in the intimacy language of hearing their heart and communicating love and less time instructing them and less time encouraging them in all the things that they need to be doing. Mm. In that first language, I can know their heart. Yeah. And so then as I'm applying the scriptures, I know what scriptures mm. are, are needing to be applied to them as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably where I'm going to walk with them. Yeah, and it, it challenges me because I'll lean in and make it personal. It's like... Our kids will see how we apply to the scriptures to every relationship we have. Mm-hmm. To that's right. Our spouse, to our kids' mom or dad, to our ex-husband, our ex-wife, what we say about them when they're not around. Absolutely. To our neighbors, how we view people who are different, you know, different genders, different races, all those sort of things, different political preferences mm-hmm. in that way. Our kids pick it up. And all of these. Are they picking up our application of, of the scripture mm-hmm. or just the evidence of our sin, right, in those yeah, moments. That's right. So that I, I love that, that our kids are going to learn how to apply the scriptures through how we mm-hmm. apply it. And even in that evidences of our sin, the question is, how often do we, do they hear us say, Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Please forgive me. Yeah. How often do they see you before God yep. confessing your sins mm-hmm. and praying that out? Yeah. How often do they hear you Say, Abba, Father, hmm. Lord, Daddy, how do you pray to God? Yep. Because that's what they're going to catch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Christianity is, people say this all the time, but is more caught mm-hmm. than taught. Yep. It has way less to do with how much information you're passing out 
and more about how much you are living yourself. Yep. So even their application is hidden in yours. Yeah. So if we've given parents uh, enough inspiration or encouragement to give it a give it a try mm-hmm. to help their kids start reading the Bible. I'm always apprehensive to go start at the beginning of the Bible. The Bible is not like a normal book that you get from the library or the bookstore. You don't just start at page one because you're going to get caught up in some very obscure stories. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear about the creation. You're going to hear about Adam and Eve, Noah, and you're going to hear about some of the the patriarchs, your Abrahams, your Isaacs, your Jacobs, but then it's going to get a little crazy in there. And so we're dealing with ancient material, ancient stories from an ancient time. Where's the best place for people to start? And then where would you have parents start with their kids? Psalms and the Gospels. Fantastic. Why? Yeah. Again, because I can teach the language of prayer. Mm -hmm. Psalms, by the way, give so much space for you to create songs based on them Mm -hmm. for the, the family to sing them together. So one time I wrote a song based on all five of the first psalms. Mm-hmm. You can just go, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. To this day, I can quote all five of the mm-hmm. psalms. Yeah. Yeah, just because I, we, right. we were writing songs. So you can do that with your family. It's the language, the, the, the very beginning language of prayer, of communication to God. So I would have them in Psalms and I would have them in the Gospels Mm -hmm. because looking at Jesus and falling in love with who he is, is the most important. So that's, that's the place where I would start. If, if you're beginning your, your scripture reading voyage, that's where I would start as well. I would say spend a year reading a Psalm a day Mm-hmm. and a portion of a gospel text. Yeah. You know, usually it's more like a story. Instead of reading a full chapter of the gospel, I would read a story um, mm. or some teaching. Like I was recently reading Matthew 5, where the Beatitudes, the Blesseds, and I just felt God saying, lean here for a while, mm-hmm. linger. Yeah. So I was reading a Beatitude a day yeah. and just, okay, how, how do I live this out? Yeah. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Well, what am I hungry for? Yeah. And, you know, how is it being filled? Mm. And what's the consequence of being hungry for the wrong things? Yeah. I know that in my physical body. Right, right. But it's very true in the spiritual body and and emotional. Well, I'll kind of tie this back to the original concept of uh, we start with intimacy with God. Mm -hmm. And if you're saying the Psalms and the Gospels that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is... The Psalms emphasize intimacy yes. with God, being honest with your junk, your mess, but also sharing your dreams and your desires yes. with your creator. Absolutely. But then you see in the Gospels what a a person who is living in love looks like. Mm. I mean, Jesus did everything out love, of love, I like right? I like At that. his baptism, God told him, you are my son. I'm proud of you. Mm. I love you. Mm. Jesus hadn't done anything yet. I love that. And then... You know, at the the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus reveals his glory, God says the same thing. I love him. Mm -hmm. Listen to him. Listen to him. And so you see someone living out love. Yeah. Or living in love. I love that. Right? Because, and then the Psalms are full of that. The Psalms cover every emotion you could think of from anger and doubt and struggle and celebration and loneliness, remorse 
forgiveness, all of these emotions that we have are there in the Psalms. So somewhere to me, what the Psalms say is the best way to process your emotions, whatever they are, is before God. Hmm. So our culture might say, let out all your emotions. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling angry, rage at somebody. Mm -hmm. And sometimes maybe the church says, suppress your emotions, especially if they're scary, just hide them. But the Psalms give us a third way Hmm. to do that. Process those real emotions before a faithful, loving God Mm -hmm. who will guide you into all truth. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Well, we'll wrap it up there. So would you mind saying a prayer for our listeners? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Father, that you have revealed yourself not only through creation and not only in our creation and in our bodies and who we are, but you've also revealed yourself through your word. Lord, would you help all of our friends? We're all on this uh, same pilgrimage journey together. Would you move us closer to understanding who you are through Scripture, to understanding who we are because of what you've done, and moving us towards uh, your kingdom work, Um, the stuff to be done now and the stuff that we cannot wait to see in the future. Uh, We love you, Father. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, brother. Parent on parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit foresthill.org.